0: I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle,
1: you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson with you today, and you know one of the core messages, perhaps the core message... Of the gospel what is good news is this idea of freedom spiritual freedom and man you don't have to look far Uh, maybe your own life but definitely just look around this world and you will see people who are spiritually bound by all sorts of things and you know the way you can identify the good from the bad is one leads to death the other leads to life one damages a person the other one restores them we're going to talk to someone today who has experienced that firsthand he's a pastor out in the uh, <laughs> in the difficult these days sometimes place of los angeles pastoring uh, and they've been, they've been through it out there and and it's a, it's a challenge a joke there's always a little truth in the joke but you know my, my our brothers and sisters out in California, especially that are pastoring churches, leading ministries, they're a little on the front lines of things, at least in our country. Um, Judy, up in Canada, I, I realize what you guys are facing up there, too. But this is someone who, well, I want you to hear his story. So I'm going to let him tell it. He does tell it in a new book that is out. Is it out yet, or is this coming out? Because I know this one was pretty early. Uh,
1: it's got- It'll be February. It got launched overseas. Okay. Uh, last week and then it'll be February 29th.
0: Okay. Uh, it'll I launch here in America. I, th- forgive me for doing a little cleanup. I should have asked that. This is the book. Let my people go and it's by pastor Jason Lozano. And so I'm excited to have him here today to, uh, tell his story and to hopefully spark a little hope in you. If you feel like, man, there's an area in my life that I, I'm just stuck in. Well, Freedom is there, and it's in Christ. Pastor Jason, great to have you on Life Today Live.
1: You too, Randy. How you doing?
0: Good to see you. Yeah, well, I'm here every day, so, you know, it's it's good to be here again today with you. (laughs) I'm here
1: every day, too, now.
0: (laughs) Well, give us a little bit of background, um, you know, sort of how you got to where you got, and then we can talk about how you un-got where you got and got to where okay. you got today, if that well, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I
1: get a little emotional, Randy, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, it it's, it's, it's real. It's, just, it's real. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, you know, my mom and dad were married and then, uh, my father was being prepared to be a, uh, uh, pastor. And in that process, he got called to the war, the Vietnam war, and he went and then, uh, he, he was what they called a tunnel rat. so he saw things that uh, really he shouldn't, people shouldn't see. Uh, and it, something broke in my dad. Mm. And when he came back, he was drug addicted, he was an alcoholic, he was, he, he, and then the marriage dissolved. And eventually, I'd go with my dad on the weekends and uh, my mom during the week go to school. And eventually, uh, after I was about seven years old, my dad drops me off one day at Christmas time with all these presents. and. And gifts and everything, and I, I'll see you next week, son. And uh, mijo in Spanish, I'll see you next week. And uh next week came, he didn't show up. And then I, I waited another week, he didn't show up. I waited three weeks. And my mom finally said, I don't think your dad's coming. Never called, never, never. Still, up to this day I've never talked to him. I'm 49, and something broke in me. Randy, something, I can't explain unless somebody's been through it. Uh Something, I know what the Bible says, he heals the broken. Mm. And uh, my heart, it broke. And then uh, from that point, I turned to my stepfather uh, to be a father figure. And he, he would just abuse me every day mm. and, uh, and really just speak down to me and, and curse me. And so I grew up in that kind of environment. And uh, at about 12 years old, I started adolescence and everything, I started acting out. Uh, about 10 to 13, I started acting out, next thing I know, I'm running with a tougher crowd, then a tougher crowd, then a tougher crowd, and then I end up um, in, in, uh, getting shipped off to, committing a crime and getting shipped off to prison for youth. And so all my friends are going to school, high school, prom, I'm going to prison. And then I'm there about a year. And I, I wasn't used to that. Prison world is a different world. Uh, I was like a, a, a skater, kind of server, but that was gangster world. It was mm-hmm. a very hardened, kids had been in and out of the system I wasn't used to it, and so I had to change, and, and it was almost like a gladiator school. I learned I learned the lingo, I learned the mentality, and then I got out, and then I just started getting worse and worse. And before you know it, um, I got addicted to drugs, and then I started selling drugs, and then I got uh, connected to the, the gang of all gangs here, and things spiraled out of control, and, and next thing you know, I know, I got a hit on my life, and it was, and, you know, um, it was in the '90s where all the, the hits were happening in LA, hmm. gang violence, gang wars, and I was right there, and uh, selling, making, manufacturing methamphetamine. It just it was madness, and uh, I ended up getting um, fully demon possessed in that in that process. And then, uh, I, and I could tell you some stories. It's just to all glory be to God, but uh, it got bad. It went, it went from bad to worse. And I think one of the worst moments from for my mom and. And my mom, because my stepdad would tell my mom, if you go to church, I'll, I'll blow your head off. So he would put a 357 magnum in her mouth and threaten her. So she, because he was afraid she'd meet a good man in church. Mm. Well, he was right. She did. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, you know, looking forward, fast forward 30 years, he's a pastor in my church now. Pastor Dwayne's my dad. My mom's a pastor. So everything switched, but it wasn't always like that. I think for them, uh, they were believing God for me. And this is encouragement for those that are believing God for their family or somebody, um, how to stand on the word. They, they heard the, the pastor say, if you have a problem, find a promise. So he started standing on the word of God and declaring the word of God and praying the word of God. And there's a whole spiritual thing that happened there. Literally when they would do that, I, I would see, uh, cause I was in the spirit world. People would say, oh, I don't believe in the spirit world the demons, angels. Are... I was like, I believed in that way before I was a Christian cause I'd operated in it. So I would see smoke come from under the door. And it was the glory of God when they were speaking the word in prayer. And I knew if that touches me, it's going to weaken me. I'd jump out the window and go to my other house where we sell drugs. But as they were praying and believing, and I had gotten arrested like two weeks before, they came in with a warrant, took me on an embezzlement charge. And while I was in jail, they raided my mom's home. Cop cars, 18 cop cars, helicopter. She's in Bible college, mind you, (laughs) standing on the word. And um, believing God, that's why some people say, well, I'm gonna stand on the word and it's gonna be fine. No, there's it, it, a battle. And sometimes before the devil comes out, he convulses. And so he starts convulsing and this doesn't look like nothing's gonna happen. But but on the floor, when, when they were raiding the home, they, they didn't do anything wrong. They're serving God. My mom grabs my, I call him my dad. And I, and I say, he's, she says, uh, all my children, mm. Mm. Oh man, mm. shall be taught by the Lord. And great will be the peace of my children. Mm. And uh, something broke, brother. I um, don't know where they let me out of jail. Which to this day I don't know what the heck happened. Mm. Two in the morning they just let me out on all the charges. They didn't find no drugs. That was a miracle story there too. It's in the book. It's crazy what happened. The Holy Spirit actually warned me that the cops were coming which is crazy because I wasn't even serving him and, and get the drugs out. And I did 20 minutes later, they showed up. If they would I'd say, I don't understand that. I don't either. I just know God's, I didn't deserve it as was merciful. It was just like the mercy of God. Um, Cause if I would have, they would have found the drugs, I would have been in prison forever for the rest of my life. Mm. And. Um, so I get out and. Uh, and I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, guilty for my, you know, doing this to my mom. Cause I love my mom. Yeah. And, um, she invites me to a concert. She doesn't say Christian. She says it's a concert.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I wouldn't go to a Christian. But I felt bad, you know, for what happened. So I went and I said, well, there'll be like a lot of lights and everything. She's like, yeah, a lot of lights. So I said, okay. So I took some acid and I went to the concert. <laughs> if I'm crying, I don't, And I never cried before. So after I got saved, I I, I don't know.
0: I do. It's just, um, I do. I, I do, but I, we'll talk about that. Tell me what okay. I'm the concert. <laughs> uh,
1: and so I get to the concert and I'm there, I'm, I'm frying an acid, tripping out, and everything. And it's, it's a, it's brother, Carmen. You ever heard Carmen? Oh yeah. Yeah. So brother Carmen, it's a brother Carmen concert. And you know, he used to do these, like, like he'd bring like these demons on stage and he'd beat them up with his like guitar or whatever.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well,
1: I'm on acid looking at all these demons <laughs> going, wait a minute, this is not a, this is not a concert. This is weird. What's <laughs> happening? And then, <laughs> and then I'm thinking, wait, all those things are inside of me. Mm. What is? What's happening here? Mm. And, and then, and then what happened next? Scared me. And changed my life forever. <sighs> um, like a bolt of lightning. Like I know what the rapture is going to be like. It, it, a, twi- a, a twinkle of an eye, just a, like that. I got as sober as I'd ever been in. In my life, I was more aware, I was more sober than I'd ever been, which is impossible from LSD. You can't, it takes 24 hours just to get the strychnine out of your body. It just, it just So I'm at the peak of being high. And then all of a sudden, within a blink of an eye, I'm sober than I'd ever been and more aware. And then the next thing I felt was liquid love, the love of the Father. And it just came all over me from the top of my head and went all over my body and through me. And I was it. They said, I got out of my chair and I ran to the front and I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't know anything. I didn't know, you know, and then this guy who's was right there, his name was Abraham. You know, God knows who to bring into your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause he was like, he had like a broken nose and he was from the, the Italian mob and he was a boxer from Las Vegas and God had done a miracle in his life. So it, God used him to lead me to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And then he took me, he obviously saw that, that something wrong, there was something wrong with me. So he took me to the back and it was a bunch of like older, like white haired ladies, you know? And like they, I thought they jumped me in the Christian gang. They surrounded <laughs> me and and they just started praying in tongues. I was like, what's happening? They started worshiping and then praying for me and then they started casting demons out of me right there at the Carmen concert in the in the corridor outside. And then um that night I went home, I just was different. Um I was excited. I didn't know anything. This is why we can't judge people when they first get saved. Right. I didn't know anything. Right. So I started, I called my friends and said, let's party, bring the keg, the girls, the beer, the drugs, let's party. And they're, and then, and they're like, uh, uh, and then people are like partying at my house. Like, why are we partying? Like, oh, Jason's saved now. I didn't know, man. So like two weeks later, I finally, my mom comes up to me and says, you know, how are you doing? And I, and, and I tell her, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, my mind's telling me, it's never happened to me before. My mind's saying, "Don't say nothing," you know. Tell her you're fine. And my spirit speaks. I said, "I'm struggling." And mm. then, and then she's like, uh, "And you and 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 you wanna um, go to a rehab home?" And I'm like, you "Go to no rehab home." She's like, "I go, yeah." And she's like, "You'll sleep on the floor if you have." to. I'm like, "I sleep on the floor, like, yeah." And I'm like, "Like voodoo or like Yoda or something? What's going on?" And then she told me, "There, you got to change your evil ways. You got to mm. change. Mm. You got you, you got to change." So that that night, that day. We found a program and it was a miracle because one of my friends, Billy, that I thought was dead, or I don't know what happened, he was in the program. He answered the phone. What? And I'm like, whoa. So I'm packing my bags. And it's all I have is a trash bag now, just full of clothes that don't fit me, because I'm a those are back in the 90s, that was the style. And I'm putting all these clothes in the bag. I'm and I hear the voice of God audible. I hear it. And I heard it as clear as I'm, I could talk to you. And I heard it. And he said, uh, enough is enough.
0: Hmm.
1: And, I, and he didn't tell me once. He didn't tell me twice. He must have told me a hundred times. Brother, that was the last time I ever did drugs. Hmm. But the sun said, free is free indeed. Yeah. I checked into rehab, and then the journey began. Because, and I read this today, it's interesting, but when the demon left, it created... I guess it was a, a, a survive no I went I've been to college I've got my degrees in psychology and stuff so I kind of understand a little bit about it um, but you know when there's tra- trauma is there's, uh, there's got to be survival skills that are yeah. are implemented and they're yeah. not always healthy yeah people create alter egos and they call it subconscious thought whatever but the bottom line is it was a false reality and I opened the door to a demon and that, and that demon uh, gave me the power to be the second largest drug dealer and, and it had a behavior, a mannerisms, a language. When it left, it took my ability to speak. I couldn't read, write, talk. I was like, uh, you know, kind of was like that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, thank God for the Christian recovery homes and stuff like that. Praise mm. God. Because they, they taught me the Bible every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. renewing the mind, renewing the yeah. mind, renewing yeah. the mind. Yeah. And, uh, learning a, a lot of lessons in that journey and in, in, in for about five years, most people stayed in the rehab, you know, a year, I had to do five years, hmm. to get my mind back. Wow. Wow. I probably should have been in a mental Institute, you know, um, but I got my mind back.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you,
1: you were to a point, right? Yeah. And oh. I got my, I got my, my ability to speak. I couldn't be around people. I was, I just couldn't normal people. And, um, I think one of the most powerful things I learned in the beginning stages of my walk with God was um, the power to forgive. Hmm. And this is a pretty cool story. Want to hear it?
0: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, go. Yeah, I'm. I got. I'm building up, building up my questions over here. But please, go okay. ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: So, and then and then we'll say the story, and then we'll go because the journey is a big journey. So, um, I used to get angry as a Christian, hmm. and uh in the early years first three months i think it was and i end up um punching the pastor's brother (laughs) slugging him and i don't recommend this right but he cussed at me and i hit him because he was in the rehab too he wasn't like he was a pastor's (laughs) brother doing good his brother was doing good but he wasn't doing good he was doing good now and he ended up doing great things later with the lord he went to work at the dream center and it was amazing what god used him to do but at that time we were both in recovery and and he cussed at me and i punched him and then and this is, I knew I was changing cause I used to hit somebody before and I hit him again. But this time I felt guilty.
0: Yeah. they was All supposed
1: right. to kick you out of the program. You can't go around hitting people. Right. But uh, they ended up putting me on these dishes for uh, 30 days, which was a miracle. And uh, because the Lord told the, the, the director, you know, don't kick him out. Cause if you do, he'll die.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, the Lord had told me that hmm. if you ever go back, you're, you're on borrowed time. So, hmm. so, I was doing the dishes. I was getting angry again. This brother walks up and he's like, hey, you know, how you doing? And I'm like, counter all joy. And I grabbed the pan. I'm going to hit this guy. I'm like, something's not right with me. And then the next words he said just felt like Mike Tyson hit me. He said, you need to forgive your dad. Mm-hmm. And the, wor- the room started spinning. Yeah. So he goes, go in that room and forgive. So I got on my knees and I started forgiving my dad and then my stepdad. And then the, the one, the Holy Spirit said, "You need to forgive your mom," which was weird to me, but I understood it because yeah. a child doesn't know how to process how she picked him over me. I didn't know he was threatening or all that.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and then I forget all, all, all my my stepbrother. I, he used to bully me, my stepsister. And the next day, when I when I woke up, for the first time in my life, I saw color. And I could hear birds. And I was in the spirit for three days, and I know what heaven's going to be like, brother, because I was in the spirit and it got so intense. I said, Lord, you got you to take this away because I, I won't be able to function. I can hear birds praising. I w- I'm just I'm in the spirit. And like John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's, so I was in the spirit, and then it started fading. and then when it started fading, I was like, no, no, never mind. but you know you can't function like that." And uh if ever since that day I was been able to see color, I was a Christian, but I was still bound by anger. We'll, we'll yeah. start there. Yeah, and if I'm, I'm
0: questions. Okay, so a, cu- a few observations and questions. One, I I'm, do you know the Greek word that is translated in our Bibles is witchcraft, which sounds like an antiquated kind of like whatever voodoo superstition thing. Do you know what the Greek word is offhand? I do. Go ahead. It's pharmakeia. Yep, exactly. Pharmakeia. It's where we get pharmacy. Yes. But, and this is, this is not, okay, I'm not— I, I mean, I can make the case for this, but just go with me, because this is a little bit of, I think, theory on my part, so I'm not going to assert it as Scripture. But I do think that when the Bible talks about witchcraft, I I think there's a definite connection to uh, recreational drug use, which uh, opens the mind um, to the spirit world. And that's why you get... You know, we talk about people that are whacked out on drugs and seeing things and imagining things and, and there, it's, it's completely other it's a break from reality uh, but it is their reality right it's dangerous because it's not of god and so when i'm hearing you telling me these things about seeing seeing color or seeing you know smoke come from under a door you know to the average person that sounds really weird but to someone who has been in that world bound by those things i see god able to use those things in that walk of freedom and and you 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 know it's it's kind of like you know if you're if you're if you're in a 10-foot pit you need a 10-foot ladder but if you're in a 100-foot pit you need a 100-foot ladder right
1: we're sin we're sin abounds
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah and and so it it's Race very violence. interesting cuz i've talked to several people over the years who have these experiences that most of us are like oh, you know I'm, I'm, i don't get that well yeah you don't because you probably haven't been to the depths that that this that someone like you has been to which is in a really dark dark place um but on some of the things is your is your biological father still alive yeah yeah, yeah and, and yeah. nothing has ever happened anywhere there. No. Um, no. what are you wild? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably shame now. Probably shame. Sure. Do you have, yeah. do you have any contact? What are your, what are your thoughts? When you think about him, when you pray for him, what, what, what goes through your mind? I love him.
1: Hmm. Um, forgive him and I've reached out before, but I fairly felt like the Lord say I'm your father now. Oh yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to be your father now. And, and, that's in my hands i do i did my part uh but there's nothing else because it it, it, it the orphan spirit always looks for the approval of a father approval right. of, but at this point he, you know I'm his son and he's well pleased
0: yeah and and that's all you need to know at, th- at at this point it becomes just an outreach point um and you know my i was adopted at birth but James Robinson my father his his dad was an alcoholic abusive absent uh, the things that go with that are usually the biggest barriers for someone like you having a relationship with the heavenly Father. Because even the term sounds offensive. How much? How did you make that transition from fathers or bad to having a good father? I think that that and then becoming a good father. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sure.
1: That I, I was deathly afraid of being a dad. Like, how, how does this work? You mm-hmm. know. That's why I love the house of the Lord. That's why I learned how to be a father. Uh, my pastor fathered me That's discipleship, yeah. Child training. Yeah. So uh, it was the first encounter with God after I, at that, at that Carmen concert, yeah. that liquid love was the father. And in the voice of the father, enough is enough. That was it. And then, and then in the scripture, finding it where David said, even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. I think David had a, very close relationship with God as a father mm-hmm. because of the rejection of his own father. Even when the prophet came out, the great prophet, like it's like a famous prophet coming to town to anoint the next king. His dad didn't even bring him out. He mm. didn't even bring him out. Mm. And so the writings of David, you could see interlaced in it, uh, the heart of the father. And so David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. David, I love David and I love Paul. Uh, David, because of his relationship with God and I think because of it, Randy, I think I've gotten real close to the Lord. I love the Lord like like I need him. Yeah. And and he is a father. And uh he's a father to the fatherless. And he's he's my everything. And you know, I think that's um you know, in the ministry we have gifts, God uses us in powerful ways, different ways. And and I think it's the reason why is part of that is because the intimacy with God and what you get with God, alone with God, mm-hmm. our father in heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I, I learned how to pray hours. and I, I pray to this day, hours, hours, hours. I spent a lot of time with the Lord and I love it. I feel comfortable. I feel great there. And it's just because I think I've had to learn throughout the years. He's, he's a father mm-hmm. to the fatherless. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a, sp- I'm going to say something heavy and there's a special place in the heart of God for the orphan.
0: Yeah. It's in scripture.
1: It's a special place, and it's a special. It's like a widow's blessing. There's a widow's blessing, because you said, "No, I wouldn't wish upon anyone a fatherlessness." Like I look at my sons, and I just say, "I would never leave them. I'll never forsake them. I couldn't. How would they function?" And, but God sees. And then He puts a special grace, on um, people who have have absentee fathers, fathers who died, fathers who weren't there, fathers who weren't there at birth. All of it. There's there's a, there's a and 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 this is this is powerful because there's a special place in the heart of God. He even said, if you take care of the orphan, I'll bless you. Well, that's His heart. Yep. If you take care of the widow, I'll bless you. If you take care of the poor, I'll bless you. So there's these blessings that come with the pain, hmm. and this is, is one of the ways God covers covers the pain. It's it's one of the graces. Like where sin abounds, of fatherlessness, not my fault, but that sin, that's a sin. It's a great sin. Hmm. Abandon your children. Um, but God said, where sin abounds. Then that grace of my me being your father will abound. Mm-hmm. So that's really um, the heartbeat of our ministry. You know, I talked to you earlier about discipleship. Yeah. We're known all over the world for discipleship, but all it is, Randy, really, is being willing to. God said, "Will you love my people the way you love your own children? If mm-hmm. you do, I'll give you a revival."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So here's another thing I want to ask you about because right. I can see it, um, and you know. <laughs> You are a hard-hearted young man. Um, And and again, you know, the the father issues, the the abandonment, the abuse with the stepfather, and then opening up your mind. When God renewed your mind, which was to basically strip it all down and build it back up new again, um, he changed your heart, and that hard heart became very soft, which is why, you are the way you are right now, and and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, uh, yes. and it, and it's why you care for those who are orphans. It's why you care about not just being a, a church, mega church pastor, or some famous getting on, you know, this show or getting on the stage with this well known. I, I can sense that you 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 would sacrifice any of that to make disciples. Yeah. What is do you see that in yourself with, with your heart becoming very, very yeah. tender? Um, like
1: I just preached a planet shakers last week. They okay. start live millions of people, thousands of people. It was massive, right? And it's an honor. Um, sure. It's a, it's a great honor. It's my friends. I love them, but I don't do it for that. I have a plaque all over our church. If it's not about souls, I'm, um, and, um, You know, people are hurting, and when you've been broke, and you have an answer, and if you don't give it, Paul said, "Woe is me!" Yeah, like woe unto me if I don't preach the good news. And so, um, not for money, not for accolades. I've been blessed; God's blessed bless prospered as I believe in prosperity. It's part of our message: financial freedom. It's God's will. I believe in influence, and he'll make your name great. But that's not the goal. The goal is the Father's heart, and that's to set the captive free, to help the people. And if you and if we have the answer, uh, and, and I believe the answer is in the power of God, the Word of God, and discipleship—not discipling unto ourselves, but discipling unto Him. You know, They're not our disciples. I don't even let that those, that language in our church. No, they're not yours. <laughs> right. You're not my disciple. They're not just, You're too much responsibility for me. You know, yeah, you belong yeah. to God. My job is to is to is to take care of you, until you can help get on your feet, and then eventually. That's what I tell our people all the time. I say, listen, I'm gonna help you. I'm not, I'm not gonna charge you. I'm gonna give you everything I have. I'm not, I'm not gonna hold anything. I'm not gonna withhold anything from you. Paul said he withheld. I'm gonna give you everything. I'm gonna withhold nothing. But one thing I'm gonna ask you: the freedom you receive, give it to somebody else. Don't hold it. Yep. Don't hold it. Yep. You're blessed to be a blessing. Don't hold it. That's it.
0: That's oh. it. That's it. Okay. Uh, here, here, question for you. Okay. Uh, this is a powerful uh, program. You can uh, feel the presence. Well, I mean, it's God working in in your life, and other people can see it. And yeah, there's power in the testimony. You know, when Pastor Jason Lozano, who grew up uh, a hurt, uh, an angry, confused man, young man, um. When you put your head on the pillow at night and go to sleep, what do you experience? What, would you, are you full of anxiety? Or I mean, I know there's things we worry about, but overall, well, are you are you at peace? What do you experience? I was a violently arrogant man, <laughs> mm. but Paul said he was. Huh.
1: Uh, well, we do we're building a lot, so there's a lot of pressure. So you feel that? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but in my soul, I feel like. Uh, like, um, like I'm on borrowed time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'm in a like miracle. Yeah. Like miracle ground. Like, like. Um, and we get. I can't believe I get to do this. Like I'm here with you talking. I've got a book. You know. Like all the like, man. Just grateful. And I think we have to stay broken. And I think if there's brokenness but I've noticed um, the more brokenness I've noticed, the more God opens doors. Yeah, I've noticed the brokenness leads to um, opportunity. So I think it's just, a, there's a brokenness probably, a gratefulness, yeah. an attitude of, of like gratitude. I think that would be the, probably like the main thing. Yeah. A, se- a sense of like, I never thought I'd get married, Randy, never. Hmm. Never thought I'd get married. I never thought I'd have children. I never thought, and now we're like pastoring this mega church and all this stuff, but it, I never thought I'd even, I never thought I'd make it past 25.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I th- and the Lord told me when I got saved, he's He's like, you if you go back, you're a dead man.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like what well, he told Paul, he said, you kick against the going, son. This is it for you. And he, and he did what every, any smart man would do. He said, Lord,
0: yeah, right. he calls him Lord. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <Right>. I'm out. <laughs> okay, right. I'm,
1: and that's what I did. I said, and he's like, yeah, is either this way or you're done because you're, you're causing too much destruction. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: the Lord gave me that word. The land of your destruction will be too small, but the enemy means for evil. I would never wish upon my worst enemies what I went through, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, yeah, because it's helping people now.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Um, so, all right, I want to show you the book again real quick. Let me cover some of the bases here. This is uh, Let My People Go. Can you pre-order it? I'm guessing it can be pre-ordered. Yeah, form. yeah, sure. So it's
1: online. Go to freedom.org. It's on the website. Um, yeah. It's going to be available shortly here. I, uh, so.
0: I see it over here on jasonlozano.org, org, which looks yeah. like this. For those of you watching, it's jasonlozano.org. Uh, so, yeah, you can go pre-order the book. Um, And, and you know, this may be that book that if you have that person in your life that they're like, man, they won't, they won't listen. They won't listen to me. They won't listen to a pastor. Maybe they read Jason's story and go, okay, maybe there's, there's something to this. They'll see that spark of hope. Last thing from you, I'd like to end it on this, on this note. Um, because you're, you're telling your story for a reason. You're telling your testimony. Um, what do you hope people, especially those who think they're hopeless who are so lost, they think they can't be found, have done so many wrong and bad things that they think they can't be forgiven. Um and maybe they're still angry with at the world. What what do you what do you tell that person who is bound? That person who is spiritually a uh, slave to sin. What's your message? You're never without hope.
1: You're never without an answer. If your heart's beating. You woke up this morning. God's not done with you first message, one of the first ones I ever heard was, it's not a cliché verse for me. It's my life. I know the plans I have. Jesus. Plans to give you hope and a future. And God has a hope. God has a future. And I pray this book gives somebody a hope, gives somebody a future, but not just a hope from I'm going to get free. No. God doesn't free you just to free you. God frees you for a purpose. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We, we didn't call him. He called us. We didn't choose him, he chose us. Paul said, I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm gonna apprehend why he apprehended me. He grabbed a hold. It means he grabbed a hold of me. Why? He's like, No, you're done. You're done. You're gonna be used by me now. And I pray people read this book and and, and God gets a hold of them and they realize freedom's not just from bondage, from sin. But freedom is to live in liberty. No more limits. There's no limits. A life without limit. So not only we are coming out of Pharaoh's house let my people go from bondage, but they got into a promised land. God has a promised land. And that promised land affects and helps countless lives. So what the enemy meant for evil, if we allow and we give it to God, the pain, the hurt, and we're honest with God, that he will turn it around for the good, change somebody's life through it. This is not my testimony. This is the Lord's
0: testimony. And you know, it's it's what God does. And if you're that person out there and you've made it this far in the interview, uh God's probably God oh I know God's calling. He God's desire is that none should perish. Okay. So no matter where you're at, no water no matter what you've done, what you've been through, God's desire is to bring you back to him. And so reach out. I know uh you can reach out to uh to Jason's organization, <clears throat> excuse me, at JasonLozano dot org. Um and I'm I was looking for we have a prayer line uh and at, at life today and I don't know the off the top of my head here it is uh in the U.S. and Canada if you want someone to pray with you and and I'm sorry I don't have the graphic but 800-947-5433 that's our prayer line so if you're sitting there and you're watching this and you're going man I can see that this guy's for real that he's a completely new person I want that for myself and I need somebody to talk to Call that number in the U.S. and Canada, 800-947-5433. Our website is lifetoday.org. Jason's is jasonlozano.org. But, man, you do not need to stay bound by whatever it is, the anger, the hurt, the addictions. All those things can go away. Jason's telling you his story so that you can have hope you can have freedom, too. Jason, appreciate you, man. Love your brother.
1: Thank you, Randy me too
0: appreciate all you guys out there watching if you know somebody that needs to hear this message i mean it's all it's good for all of us to hear as encouragement but some people they need it as a lifeline hit that share button and as always if you haven't liked or followed or subscribed love for you to do that so you get notifications and more conversations like this appreciate you guys appreciate all you guys in the chat alex geraldine victoria judy everybody out there we'll see you again next time here on life today live